welcome to the Be Bold Fitness Podcast, the show where we talk about different topics in the health, wellness, and fitness space. No topic is off limits here. I'm your host, Tessa Breeden, certified personal trainer and nutrition specialist with a passion for helping busy adults tone up, lose body fat, and feel good. Ian, I'm so excited to chat with you today. My coach, I am your favorite client. You told me that before we got started. I'm just kidding. But Ian, (laughs) assistant coach and community leader at Evolve, welcome to the Be Bold Fitness Podcast. You've made it. Yes, this is where my fame starts. Super excited to be here. And I love that you came today wearing a mindset shirt because we are going to talk about mindset today and we're going to talk about all the fun things. Just don't spill any of my secrets. You know all of my deep, dark secrets. It's like I talk to you more than I think I talk to anybody else. Oh, I know. How does that feel? (laughs) I feel, feels good. Like I'm... I feel like I'm doing something. I'm on the podcast. I'm like your best friend. This is legit. You know, it's so funny whenever I talk to my clients, like I have clients who I really only talk to once a week during check-ins and it always makes me laugh because I feel like I message you almost every single day about something. Like even if it's just like a mindless something, I feel like I'm always in contact with you. I appreciate that. I always love, like I always tell people and I'm sure I told you when we first started, like I'd rather you blow me up with texts and gifts and emojis and stuff like that rather than like ghosting me yeah the more you can more you can share the better i know you the better i can help you i won't ghost you i feel like you'd find me whether it be on like instagram or like i'm pretty sure you have my address so like y'all could just find me (laughs) like tessa i literally see you posting on your story right now text me back yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But I, I feel like you don't need to do that. I'm always I'm always reaching out to you, even even in days of puppy craziness. But yes. um, I'm excited to talk about all of the things because I feel like my mindset since having a coach has been so different. So I don't know if you know this, Ian. I've actually never you're my first online coach I've ever had. I've had lots of personal trainers. I've done lots of group classes. I've been in fitness for 12 years. But you're the first online coach I've ever hired. So okay, yeah. What's my where do I, where do I rank up? Where do I rank up? I don't know if I want to know this, but I'll ask. Well, What's my well, ranking? Well, since you're the only one, then you're number one. Hell yeah! So I'm like sorry. by default, uh, but no, I think that <laughs> no, I really have enjoyed having a coach, and I think it's really awesome as an online coach to experience online coaching, because it is really different than in-person coaching, but you do both in-person and online, right? Yeah. So I've been, I've been a coach overall for nine years. I don't, I didn't, I feel like I'm not old enough to have a nine year long career, but yet here we are. Yeah. So I started personal training. I started working on my, um, NASM personal trainer certification when I was still in high school. I remember like my first resume that I sent in at like the gym that I went to was like a ah, perfect attendance award in high school. I got a plus in anatomy <laughs> and physiology honors, like no, no background. They're like, yeah, we'll hire this kid. So I started personal training when I was 18 and just kind of, again, I'm, I still do personal training, um, small group training. I teach CrossFit, teach boot camp, and I've been doing online coaching for a little over two years with Evolve. So we've been, we've been around for a little bit. 
how do you think it's different like doing in person versus online like what are some of the biggest differences you see as a coach Mm. doing both simultaneously i know that you can provide more online granted granted if you like i have a i think i have one client who i see four days a week in person and she's does my she does the best she's she's my best client she's the most fun She's doing the best because she has hands on for four hours a week with me. And then we can kind of talk about other stuff. But as far as like, and honestly, even with her, I don't, we don't do a whole lot of nutrition stuff outside of that. Granted, she doesn't need it, um, but we don't talk about lifestyle and mindset and stuff like that. It's strictly that hour we're together. We're busting our butt training hard. So as far as like what you can deliver as an online coach, it's infinite, right? Like, I can give so much more to my online athletes compared to my in-person because they're paying for that time for that hour. Not that I don't text my in-person people um, or if they ask me a question or whatever, but it's just not as involved just because like the structure of my gym, like it's just like, yeah, you're paying for your session and that's essentially it. Um, The good part of it and where I would like, I know you've sent me some lifting videos. I'm like, yo, you had three more reps in the tank. Mm. Um, (laughs) And we're like, for me, like I like, and doing this for a long time and training, training myself, like can really find that threshold for people when I'm working with somebody in person. So if I've got you doing an AMRAP set of back squats and I'm spotting you or I'm there with you, we're going to get every last squat out of you where I noticed for me, as an example, like most of us will stop when things get hard on an exercise. So as an example, I remember I was doing back squats. It got hard at rep number three in the video I was watching of myself, like playback. And then I ended up getting 10. So if I would have stopped just because it felt difficult, I would have left seven reps in the tank compared to actually getting to that point of near failure. So I feel like when you coach in person, you can get more of that, like, obviously that push there as far as the workouts go, as well as if somebody's doing an exercise, like not as optimally or just straight up, like incorrectly, I can tell them right then and there, like, Hey, like we got to adjust your foot position or we got to do this. or We got to do that where, if somebody's sending me videos, like if Tessa sends me a video of her squat, well, I'll give you feedback, but we got to wait a whole week before you can actually implement and change anything. And then you send me another video. It's like, ah, oh, you didn't do anything different. This is not a real life example of Tessa, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's just, it's, I feel like sometimes that like immediate feedback, like when you're in the movement can be better for um, those types of things. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think it's really just like figuring out what works for you. Like if you're so I I mean, I've definitely had people who are super beginners and were like, oh, I feel more comfortable, like understanding the movement. And so I, I do think that's sometimes why it's really fun to coach either athletes who have some experience or you coach a lot of athletes, right? So I'm sure it's fun to work with people that have sort of that next level in their in their fitness skills. Yes. It's so much fun. Not as like, I would say like, I'm not like, com- I used to do like CrossFit competitions. I did a powerlifting competition, like at the beginning or a couple months ago. So I've done some like exercise competitions, but I'm not like getting paid for it. I would say I'm an athlete though. Like, like an everyday athlete, right? Like I want to go to the gym. I want to train hard, but if I want to go on a hiking trip, like, okay, I've got the level of fitness to go and do that at a high level. Or if I want to go play basketball with my buddies, like I can hold my own or whatever it is. And that's a lot of who we work with at Evolve. And I would even say that's you as well. Like we're not necessarily getting you ready for a physique show or a competition or anything like that, but your girl looks good. You're fit, you're strong. Like, 
And if you wanted to, like, it wouldn't be a really hard transition to take you from the things we're working on now to like, okay, cool. We're getting you on stage in a couple months. What do you define an athlete as? Uh, to put it simply, everyone's an athlete. No, that's the, <laughs> that's the, um, the cookie cutter answer. Yeah, that's the cookie cutter answer. I don't know. I feel like an athlete is somebody who is focused on performance all around. Like they don't just want to be healthy just for like the sake of being healthy. Like they want to excel at whatever their activity is. And for some people that might be like an everyday thing, like a, a parent who wants like, Hey, like I want to be able to play with my kids really well. Like I want to be able to do stuff like that. But I think the athlete mentality compared to like the everyday, the everyday person is like, I want to be able to play with my kids and whatever the every, like the athlete version is like, you know what? Like my kids, like we're playing freaking full court basketball. We're doing all the things like I want to excel or if they're legit, like in a sport or whatever it is, like an athlete is trying to be the best they can within that. And even people outside of like even you and your business or whatever it is like, okay, like I'm trying to be the best version of myself as I can in whatever the activity is. Yeah. I feel like athletes are moms that push strollers uphill. Like that is an athlete. Are you kidding me? Like every time I see a mom pushing a stroller up a hill, I just think to myself like, wow, that, that looks miserable. That's good. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like you're going to be the dog mom who pushes your dog in the stroller. We have no plans of stroller life right now, but I can't say that if it needed to happen, it wouldn't like, I, you know, like. I'm not going to say no, definitely. But no, I think that's really good to talk about athletes and athleticism in general, because I think that a lot of times people just assume that athletes have to be somebody that is playing a sport. And fun story, when I was dating somebody, I'd asked him what he thought an athlete was and if he thought people that were in fitness or bodybuilding or something of that nature, if they were athletes. And he said no. And he said that he didn't think I was an athlete. And I found that to be very offensive. So if anybody you... out there is listening and is trying to go on a date with me, you better call me an athlete. <laughs> I'm guessing this this person did not is not uh, on the dating roster. <laughs> no. <laughs> you heard that and you're like, bro, you're cut. Lose my number. He didn't think I was an athlete? I think that's kind of offensive. Even if you didn't think I was an athlete, lie. That's like one of those instances <laughs> where it's okay to tell a white lie. Like, yeah, you're an athlete. You're a hot athlete. That'd be a great compliment. You're the, mo you're the most athletic person I've ever seen, ever. Yeah, and he told me that while we were on a hike. And I was like, I don't know. I feel pretty athletic, but it's all good. You start hiking faster and beat him. Yeah. <laughs> no. I do, but yeah, I like that. I like having that athlete mindset. And that kind of leads me into, like, you're a big mindset guy, Ian. So... I feel like, and I talk about this a lot, mindset is just like not my specialty. You know, I try really hard every year. I buy like tons of journals and have every good intention about doing mindset work. But it is like, I would rather work out for three hours a day than like have to do mm -hmm. mindset work. Like, what is it about mindset that you think is like game changing in somebody's fitness. Yeah, it's literally everything. Um, our, our mindset, our thoughts are going to lead to our actions. Our actions are going to lead to our habits and our routines and our rituals. 
which are the things that lead to us being successful, whether it be in fitness, whether it be in our relationships, our career, whatever it is, it all starts in our mind. Again, I've been a coach for nine years and I've realized, like I realized very quickly, it doesn't matter how much I know about lifting weights or about macros or mobility or whatever other certification I, I got. If an athlete didn't have like, someone doesn't have like the right mindset to like actually consistently show up at the gym and work out. It doesn't matter how much I know about like, yeah, I know everything there is about a clean and jerk, but if I can't get you to the gym, cause you have this mental barrier keeping you from getting to the gym, that clean and jerk knowledge doesn't help you. Or if I, yeah, I might be able to give somebody the best nutrition plan they've ever had, but if they're an emotional eater and they don't know how to kind of work around that, it doesn't matter how like spot on their macros are. Cause they're never going to be consistent enough to, work on those protocols. So every, everything within fitness and nutrition, I like to imagine like, like the pyramid every, I think, mm -hmm. I think there's a pyramid for literally every aspect of fitness, but <laughs> looking like all the different things that we work on, like training, nutrition, I would put mindset as kind of like that base foundation, right? Like that's going to be where we build off of that leads to our actions, that leads to our habits and the steps that we take to get to our training, to get to our nutrition stuff, to dial in our lifestyle and relationships and all that stuff. So how does somebody start working on their mindset? Mm, number one, you hire me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the first step and, and really where like personally where I started getting into the mindset work. So I guess to give you like a little education background, like went through HMCC health mindset coaching certification with Casey Joe, really great course for any of you coaches out there, even if you're not a coach, it was a really great course, um, teaching you how to coach within the health field in regards to like very specific mindset stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think for me, it really started, um, reading like personal development books. And again, like, like the one, the first one I read, or one of the first ones I read was high performance habits by Brendan Burchard. Um, and that was really, I mean, yes, it was like life coaching stuff. And I actually ended up like hiring like a, a life coach, personal development coach. But a lot of that is mindset stuff, right? Like my coach would, I had a coach and Ian, like, why aren't you taking action on this this week and actually having to talk through it and see like, okay, like what are my limiting beliefs or whatever it might be and capturing those things. So to answer your question, like where does somebody start in regards to changing their mindset, you have to be aware. Um, you have to build awareness because you can't change something or fix something that you're unaware of. Like if I don't have any idea what my limiting beliefs are, how can I change them? So a lot of that is kind of look like doing an audit of yourself, right? And being like, okay, like what areas of my life, whether it be my fitness journey or my relationships or um, my, my business or whatever it might be, what areas of my life do I have like negative self-talk or limiting beliefs or do my, like, where are my habits kind of holding me back and capturing those things, right? Like whether that be like in a journal or recording a video of yourself or talking to somebody about it or whatever it might be, but we have to build awareness of what we're currently doing. So we can like, okay, like what is the next action step to, to make a change? Got it. Yeah, I love that. And I read Atomic Habits at the beginning of the year. I know like everybody and mm -hmm. their grandmothers read Atomic Habits at the beginning of the year, but it's actually a really great book. And I think it implements a lot of like really simple tasks. And I, yeah, I think that 
creating habits and creating a routine are super essential in a lot of that mindset work. So um, I think that's awesome. Like, what would you say the main thing is that you hear from clients that is like a mindset barrier or something that's holding them back on excelling to the next level? I'll kind of put it into the the category of nutrition, just because I know I have several people like working on that right now, struggling with whether it be like emotional eating or like binge eating habits or things of that nature tend to be pretty, pretty common with some of my people. And I feel like just in, in nutrition mm-hmm. coaching in general. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much some of the biggest ones. What are some ways you coach them through some of those barriers? So let's say as an example, somebody come, so again, like building awareness around it, right? Like that's mm-hmm. always going to be step one. Like, okay, like what is your habitual or mindset like issue that you have right now? Whether it be like, okay, like every time I have a tough day at work, like I feel the need to go and eat a bunch of ice cream or something like that. Like, okay, cool. And honestly, like building that awareness of like, this is, this is what I'm doing and kind of breaking, like almost like asking the question why a lot, like, okay, like, why is this something that you feel like you're, you're doing often? And whether that be like kind of coming back to years and years and years ago of something your mom said to you when you were seven years old, or just maybe not having appropriate like coping strategies or whatever it might be, building that awareness on the front end. And then from there, it's going to kind of branch out. It can go in a various amount of different ways. But again, like you mentioned, the the habit side of things, like the good thing with our mindset and our thoughts, we can control them. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, can, we can control the things that we think about. And again, the things that we think about turn into the things that we say and the things that we do. So if we have a mindset that is leading to a habit and a bad habit, okay, cool. Like the first step is we like the mindset is kind of like the, the root, right? So we got to figure out like, what is that kind of mindset issue or barrier that we're facing? And then from there, once we can kind of shift that thought, then we can start creating new habits or new routines from there. Do you feel like motivation falls under this as well? Motivation is definitely an aspect of mindset as far as like how you think about motivation, what like what things motivate you, intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation. So yeah, definitely. For me and what I hear a lot, like 90% of the time is that people have an issue with motivation. I'm not feeling motivated to get to the gym. I'm not feeling motivated to track my food. I'm not feeling motivated to get my steps in, et cetera, et cetera. Now I've said all of these things probably within (laughs) the past month. And so I totally get it, but I am always curious, like, what are your beliefs on motivation? I will share mine after, but I'm curious to hear what you have to say on it. Yeah. So interesting, like I talked about Brendan Burchard and he has an app that I use. It's called Growth Day. And every day they have like a, it's called like a daily fire where it's like a 10, 15, 20 minute audio. And one of the ones he talked about was motivation. Mm-hmm. And something he said, like, so you'll probably see a lot on social media and fitness gurus and just gurus all over is you don't need motivation. You need discipline or s- something along those lines. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, like if you have discipline, you have a motive for that. Like for me to move my hand, mm-hmm. I have a motive of like, okay, let me move my hand over here. There's some reason that I'm doing it. So it's like, even if you're just saying it's discipline, there is still that aspect of 
motivation. Maybe it's very slim. Like maybe you're like, ah, I don't want to go to the gym today and work out for 90 minutes, but I'm going to have discipline and go for 30 minutes. Like, okay, you still had a motive there. You still had motivation to make that happen. So I just kind of liked that phrase because again, I think it is so common to try and pull away like, ah, you don't need motivation. You don't need motivation. Like in a sense, like anything you do, like me having this conversation with you, we have some motive here that is making this happen, right? But then just from the mindset perspective of it too, like how you think about motivation is going to dictate kind of like how much motivation you have. Like if you're, if you're telling yourself the story in your head, ah, I can only go to the gym when I feel motivated. Well, guess what? You're probably only going to go to the gym when you're feeling like it. Mm-hmm. Or if you're like, ah, I can only eat healthy when I'm motivated. Well, guess what? You're only going to eat healthy when you're motivated. So the, the way we speak to ourselves, and again, that, that initial thought, whether it's true or not, if it's if it's in our head, we're going to treat it as though it is true and we're going to act in a way as though it is true. So when you are lacking that motivation, I always ask people to kind of bring it back to like, well, how do you think about motivation? Do you think motivation is something that you have to have in every single instant to make something happen? Do you feel like motivation is like on a scale, like maybe in the morning when you're high energy, motivation's high. And then as you get tired, your motivation is low. However you think about it, that's how it's going to be. And then I think kind of like application of it, it's like, hey, like bringing it back, like, why are you here? Like, why did you get into this program with me? Like, what it, like, why are you asking for coaching or like, what, what's your deep reason why? Because so often it's not that we've lost motivation, it's that the world's agenda and their goals are, are kind of pushing our goals aside, right? Like, you, Tessa, you have all these fitness goals and stuff like that that you're trying to accomplish, but hmm. you get busy with, getting a dog and getting a new house and <laughs> coming back from vacation. Right. Like, and, and just yeah. stuff with your own clients, like all these different agendas, you're getting texts and emails and notifications. And every one of those is somebody else's agenda trying to intrude on your own personal agenda within your health and fitness within your business. So when other people's agenda starts to kind of take over our own, it's easy to lose motivation because we've kind of lost sight of what am I doing? What am I trying to accomplish? So I think one of the biggest things I have people do, I'm like, I want you to write down your goal every single day. Maybe you get a vision board, maybe you get a, like a battle board, something like that. Something where you're visualizing, like, this is what I'm doing. What is a battle board? A battle board? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like a vision board, but you're just like writing on it. You're writing oh, your battle. I was po- like, you're writing your... a game. <laughs> <laughs> it is a game battle board. It's, it's similar to a vision board. So a vision board would be like, pictures and images like pertaining gotcha. to your goals battle board would be like you're writing out your plan of attack you can tell how much i vision board <laughs> same i don't Never. either a friend of mine gave me a like little pamphlet here in my room she's like oh you can make this vision board i'm like sweet it's been sitting here for a few months. <laughs> just sitting in the corner yeah every year i'm like maybe this year nope still no vision <laughs> board oops uh no i love that and I, you know, it's so hard. I think I'm probably that coach that is like dedication over motivation, but I also get what you're saying. Like you have to Mm -hmm. have a motive to do something. And so I guess when it comes down to it, and if I think about it on a personal level, like I'm dedicated because I've seen the results and I know what Mm -hmm. I can do. And so when I'm not feeling motivated, I have that goal in mind of, what I want to achieve, whether it be a physique goal or a like a specific like PR in a lift, like because I have that goal, 
that's more so what motivates me. Like I'm not here to tell anybody that I'm super excited when I wake up at 4.45 and like go to the gym. Like absolutely not. I'm not motivated to go ever. Like I don't want to go. Sometimes I wake up and I just want to cry because I'm so tired. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you know, it's it's not always – I don't always feel like doing it, but it's something that I find necessary for me. But I also think it's interesting that you mentioned like other people's motives because I think that falls a lot in line with like boundary setting. And I'm huge on boundary setting not only with yourself but with other people because I think that when we have goals, like let's just say you have a weight loss goal. It's summertime. You want to get out. You want to get on the water. All your friends are drinking. And all of a sudden that like motivation and those goals go out the window because of like other people's agenda. Maybe that is your agenda, but I think people let them go so fast. Like how to, how does somebody stay on track or stay motivated when like other people's agendas are getting in their way or inflicting on them? Yeah. I think exactly what you said, like having, having boundaries in place. Um, I think it really does come down to like, if we want to keep our own dreams alive, we have to look at them more often. We need to be visualizing like, this is my goal. And again, like going to the gym in and of itself generally isn't somebody's goal. There's mm-hmm. something out. The gym is like the vehicle, right? So like, let's say your goal is to put on 10 pounds of muscle. The gym is the vehicle, one of the vehicles that's going to get you there. But the goal is I want to put on 10 pounds of muscle. So again, we need to be looking at that goal of like, okay, like what's my goal? Put on 10 pounds of muscle. You need to be looking at it more often. We need to work on it daily. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to the gym every day, but like, okay, what's something I can do every single day intentionally that's going to move me towards my goal? Like, hey, I know getting a good night's sleep is going to help me to recover and 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 be able to show up at the gym better tomorrow. Cool. I need to make sure I'm getting sleep on my rest day. Um, so having those intentional actions, even if it's something small, to build that momentum each day. Um and also just being aware of like, okay, like what do I need to learn or who do I need to become to achieve this goal, right? Like always, like always thinking like, what is going to be my next step? Maybe I need to learn something more about nutrition or maybe I need to learn a new exercise or whatever it is, but what's going to take me one step closer to this goal? I think too, just kind of the mindset of like, we're all worthy of achieving our goals. We're all worthy of getting there we have to actually earn it, right? Like the dream isn't here to serve us. Like we need to earn that dream and having that mindset on a day-to-day basis, having those boundaries and visualizing that daily is going to be one of the biggest ways to kind of fight off everybody else's agenda and keeping ours at the forefront of our mind. And how do you find consistency in this? Like, are there, are there ways that you think consistency plays into this? For sure. Yeah. I mean, when I say like, look at your, your goal more often, if you only do that on Monday and you don't look at it for the rest of the week, it's like, okay, like, yeah, no wonder, like you're not motivated. Like, so you need to consistently look at your goals. You need to consistently work on them. That's why I said work on them like daily. Like, hey, uh-huh. hey like, what's one small thing you can do daily to move you forward when it comes to boundaries with other people? You can't just set boundaries one day a week and then every other day you're like, yeah, send me a text whenever, like I'll do whatever you need me to do. Like, yes, in all those ways, like doing so, that doesn't mean perfect, but it does mean like, hey, like 80% or more of the time, like I need to be doing those things if I want to be making that forward momentum and, and keeping that motivation high. 
Yeah, I was just going to ask you what you felt like consistency meant to you because I find that consistency is one of the hardest things for people to achieve. And I find that without consistency, there's often a lack of motivation because we both know as coaches that consistency is really what gets you to your results. I actually just did a podcast uh, recording earlier with Sarah Carlucci and we talked a lot about this. We're like, a lot of people are performing things to 90% of their ability, but if they were just to be consistent and perform it at a hundred percent of their ability, they would actually see the results that they were looking for. Now, again, this doesn't mean perfection, but it's like actually putting in a hundred percent of the work instead of just like half-assing things and giving it that partial effort. Do you find that a lot of people maybe don't see their results as fast because of that consistency aspect? For sure. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're only going to the gym two out of your five prescribed days, or you're only hitting your macros during the week and you're eating like a a hole on the weekend or whatever (laughs) it is like, and again, like consistency is going to look different for everybody. Like you as an athlete, Tessa, like your consistency looks different than a mom of three who's in her forties. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like for you, I can count, like when I go into your log, like I'm going to see all your workouts checked in. I'm going to see your macros, yellow bars straight across. Like you hit everything that you needed to for a mom and, or somebody at a different stage of life. Like, okay, maybe we only hit three out of five workouts this week. Or maybe we hit hit the macros during the week, but on the weekend we had soccer practice and we had to kind of go with the flow. So I think like when it comes to consistency, it, you have to take into account like that person's stage of life and kind of individualizing it to them. And, and again, I think that just comes from like proper goal setting. Like for you, like we can set really like, for you, it probably doesn't feel difficult to train four or five days a week and hit your macros. For somebody else at a different stage of life, they're like, no freaking way. Like, there's no way I can do this consistently. So, like, something I'll do with um, athletes is just ask them, like, hey, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being, like, you're 100, like, you're so confident, like, there's no reason you couldn't get this done. And a 1 being, like, bro, there's no way I'm getting this done. Like, I, I can't. How do you feel about this specific task? So, let's say it's, like, going to the gym five days a week. If they tell me they're a 6 out of 10... I'm like, okay, like, why wouldn't you give yourself like an eight or a nine out of 10? So again, I want that to be like their confidence level to be as high as possible, because that's going to ensure that they can actually be successful. So again, if, if for them five days a week, they're like a six out of 10, can, or excuse me, six out of 10, like confidence, maybe we scale that back. Maybe like, okay, cool. Like we're going to bring you back to like three days a week. How do you feel about that? They're like, yeah, I could do that. Like, I, I feel like I'm nine out of 10 confident I could do that. Sweet. That's our habit. Cause then that's going to be something they can be consistent with. So I feel like when it comes to people being inconsistent, yes. Um, as coaches, we're always just going to have those people. It doesn't matter how you scale the, the task or the habit. They just don't put their, all their effort into it. Um, but I think maybe on the other side of things, like it can, it can be us as coaches. Like we're giving people too hard of a task that they can't be consistent with at this stage. And then that leads to discouragement and lack of motivation. Cause they're like, ah, I just like, you're just getting like failed reps over and over and over week after week. It's like, no, like we need to adjust this and build that confidence with that competence, like of getting tasks done, that's going to build confidence and build that consistency. Yeah. And I think it comes down to like understanding the expectations you set for yourself as well. 
because I know, I know I talk a lot about this. Like, I think that when we go in with the mindset of having expectations, like you said, maybe, you know, that like weekends aren't realistic because of the season of life you're in, but having that expectation that results are going to look different for you based on that consistency that you, Mm -hmm. you bring, because me being consistent seven, six, seven, I don't even know, days a week. And uh, if I'm hitting all my workouts, I'm getting pretty close to my step goals. I'm doing everything, checking off the box. Like, and if somebody else is doing three days a week and then on weekends knows that they aren't being consistent, then their results are going to look very different from somebody who is being more consistent. Right. I remember um, precision nutrition is one of the nutrition certifications I have. And they have Mm -hmm. a really cool graphic where it had like levels of body fat, right? For men and for men and women. So for a guy who wants to be 25% body fat, they kind of broke down like, okay, what are the things you need to be doing nutritionally and exercise wise to get to exercise wise to get to 25% body fat? Maybe you need to eat protein at, at two meals, or you need to exercise three days a week. Rep for I mean, for you and I, that would be like, ah, walk in the park. No problem for somebody Mm -hmm. at that level. That might be pretty difficult. Now they, they did break it down. It's like, okay, like for a dude who's trying to be on stage and be like single digit body fat, he's training five or six days a week. He's hitting his macros 99% of the time. He's sleeping eight to nine hours. Very, very strict. And again, it's setting that expectation where I think some people can come into a program or they can, they can get coaching and be like, yeah. I want to be, I want my abs popping out, but they're not willing to give up wine with the girl. Sorry. I feel like that one was digging too close. To <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I was, that wasn't like a jab at you. <laughs> it's fine, Ian. It's fine. But again, like people who are like, ah, like I want to be like shredded, like stuff like that, but I can only train three days a week and I'm not going to track my macros and I'm not giving up wine or chocolate, but I'm, I want abs. Well, the things you're willing to do aren't going to align with this this level. You can still achieve a certain level of fitness and, and body composition with those things, right? But yeah, I think a lot of coaching is expectation setting for for clients. Yeah, and I think it can feel really frustrating on both sides of the spectrum as both a coach and as a client, because obviously as a client... When you go into a coaching program, you're expecting these lofty goals. But as a coach, when you know your client has these goals, but like isn't sticking to their program because they feel like they can't do it, it's also like super, super frustrating. Yeah, I think like one of the biggest things in any relationship, whether it be a coaching client relationship or our friendships or our intimate relationships, one of the biggest things that causes friction is a lack of understanding or unmet expectations, right? If you're expecting, if this is like a a dating relationship and you're expecting somebody to call you and they don't, you're going to be upset. But if there's no expectation, if the expectation wasn't set ahead of time, it's like, okay, like how can we be upset? And same Mm -hmm. thing like within, within coaching, like, ah, like I'm expecting my client to hit their macros seven days a week, but they're like, dude, I can only do it four days a week. But that was never communicated like okay like that lack of communication is what's going to lead to that lack of realistic expectations a lot of times so i think that's where us as coaches and just even in general within our relationships communicating um communication is always going to bridge that gap and make sure that there is a clear expectation on 
what we're trying to accomplish, what's realistic. So talking about all of these things, the consistency of it all, the expectation setting at the end of the day, like what do you think are the most important things for clients to do to start to see real results? I think the first thing we all, we all need um, is going to be clarity, right? Like what is our overarching goal? Like we can't get to a location if we don't know the location, right? If I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go on a road trip. I'm leaving tomorrow, but mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm going. My road trip's going to be pretty crappy. Like I'm going to be taking roads that I don't need to take and stuff like that. Cause I don't have a clear destination. So I think number one in regards to like fitness and nutrition, get very, very clear on what it is that you are trying to accomplish from there. When it comes to like the motivation aspect side of things, like we need to, as best we can, we need to make those goals as intrinsic or as like internally motivating as possible. So again, we want these goals to be something that we value, right? Like if I have a goal of like, oh, I want to, I want to look good on the beach. Okay. Why is it important for you to look good on the beach? Like, yes, going on vacation and stuff like that. Like that's kind of like an extrinsic goal. Like that's an external motivator that's leading you to get into a program or whatever. But why is it something that you value as a person? Like maybe we can take that like surface level goal. Like I want to look good on the beach and bring it down to something like I want to be confident so that I can show up better for my family for my friends and in my career, that kind of motivation that's so deep and entrenched in your values when things get tough, cause they do in whatever goal it is that we're pursuing, when we can kind of come back to like, this is something I value as a person that's going to be able to keep us kind of on that road when things get tough. So I think the first one clarity, second one, we have to be very con- connecting our goals to our values. And then again, I think that last piece, the one we were just talking about is realistic expectations for the things I'm willing to do compared to where I want to go. Like, does this all mash up? Because if not, if there's an unmet expectation, that's going to lead to discouragement, frustration, and that lack of motivation. That's when it all kind of unravels. So I don't know that it's necessarily, I didn't really give you like a habit as far as like, yeah, everybody needs to drink more water. Like, yeah, we could all drink more water. We could probably get off our phones a little bit more. We could sleep a little bit better for sure. Um, But I think to any goal in general, those would be kind of the top three things that I'm looking at. Well, that all being said, obviously mindset is going to be a huge portion of this. But do you think that like tracking your macros is an important factor in like a specific goal? I would say it depends what level you're trying to get to. If I have, again, if I have a, a mom of three who isn't trying to be single digit body fat. She's like, Hey, like, I just want to feel better. I want to have more energy during the day. And I want to be in two pant sizes smaller. Maybe she doesn't need to track her macros. Maybe she just needs to eat more fruits and veggies, drink more water, not eat the kids, French fries and chicken nuggets. And like for her, again, like we talked about, like depending on the level you're at, like if she's at 30% body fat, trying to go to 25% body fat, She just needs to eat a little bit higher quality food, move a little bit more. Now, if she's at 15%, like 20% body fat, trying to get to like 15, which would be like really lean for a female. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's tracking macros. Like she's, she's doing all the things like 99% of the time. Um, So it, it does really depend on kind of the level of client or the level of the goal that they're trying to achieve. I think when it comes to like those specific of protocols. What about alcohol? Mm, what about it? 
<laughs> do you find that alcohol can be a really limiting factor when you are trying to reach goals? So say it's that mom of three who isn't necessarily looking to compete in a show or get this like wildly lean physique, but is looking to lose a little bit of weight, a little bit of body fat. And not only are her nutrition choices not as high quality as they could be, but she's also drinking on weekends and drinking like quite a bit on weekends. Yeah, for sure. Again, we all know alcohol is going to inhibit our decision making. um, And that includes food, right? Like if we're, and obviously like certain beverages are going to have calories in them. So you're, you're drinking empty calories, which is adding to your calorie total for the day or for the context of your week. And then you're decision-making is inhibited. So maybe you're now you're eating snacky and higher calorie foods that, yeah, you ate 1500 calories in your deficit during the week, but over the weekend you took in 3000, 4,000 extra calories because you're just drinking and eating like a maniac. Um, Drinks go down really easy. For sure. (laughs) It's a lot easier to drink your calories than it is to eat them. Um, And then even from the standpoint, it's like, okay, like you go out Saturday with the girls drinking, you you're tearing it up. You wake up Sunday, you've got a hangover. You feel terrible on Sunday. You don't get to meal prep. You don't get to get your Sunday workout in. You wake up Monday, you still feel kind of crappy. And now you have to do all your Sunday chores because you didn't get to do them Sunday because you're hungover. So in that sense, right? Like it can kind of be like a, a cascading thing where it's like, okay, like your bad decisions on Saturday can lead to you not being able to train, not being able to do the things that set you up for your health habits during the week. So I can't, I don't think that like, yes, can you enjoy some drinks with friends and still be on track with things? Absolutely. But then there's also the side of things like sometimes we don't drink responsibly, right? Like we, we go overboard and do, do a little too much than what is, is needed. And that has carryover to not even like, I could go real deep with it. Like definitely has, it's not an isolated incident where it's like, Oh, what happened Saturday night stays on Saturday night. It's like, no, like it's going to affect you Sunday morning. It's going to affect you all day Sunday. It's going to affect your husband who's pissed off at you because you're out drinking or whatever, like whatever it might be. Right. Definitely going to affect Monday's workout. I can tell you from personal experience. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So then again, like in the context, like, okay, let's say Tessa goes out once a month and has a night like that and has a shitty Monday workout with how consistent you are the majority of the time, like hitting all your other workouts, having great workouts. Yeah. I'm going to kind of scold you a little bit, but it's not the end of the world for you. Now, if you do that every weekend and every Monday is terrible for you, like, yeah, like my best back squat is 155, but I can only get up to 85 today. Cause I'm so, I feel so trashed. Okay. That's going to have repercussions as far as like the muscle that you build um, and the performance gains that you see in the gym. Right. In, in general, like we talked a lot about like motivation and gaining clarity and stuff like that. Like I think a lot of these things, like if you're getting into fitness and nutrition coaching, like that's personal development, mm-hmm. um, in, in, in your physical capacity. But also I think we all need to take serious, like more seriously, just personal development in like all aspects of our life, not just our health within our relationships, within our, our spiritual life, within our, our business, Cause when we can be better, um, we can show up better for those around us. And I think what, like the, the generic quote, like be the change you want to see in the world. Um, I think it's so common nowadays for everybody to just see something going on in another state or another country and being like, Oh, like they need to be different. It's like, no, like we need to be different. Right. Like 
you can't, you're not going to change anything in the Facebook comments or rants or whatever it is, but by you showing up and trying to be a better version of yourself each day, then you can show up and be better within your family. That's where it starts, right? Like with, within our home. And then from there, then we can go out into our community and make our community better and make our local state better. And then that's how we make the changes on the bigger global scale. But again, I think it all kind of comes back to us. We're not helping anybody change things overseas if we're over here being an internet troll, eating donuts and, and sitting on our butt all day. Like we need to take care of ourselves in a lot of different aspects in order to make this world a better place. So do you have any good recommendations for like places to start when it comes to personal development? Biased, but high performance habits. That's the book that okay. I read by Brendan Burchard. He has an app called Growth Day, which is a great app. They do the daily fire. Um, but also there's a lot of educational videos on there, like with different personal developing, personal development topics, different people in the personal development space. So I feel like just in general, like finding those things and seeking them out. But aside from that, like it's not enough to just, just like it's not enough for me to follow somebody on Instagram, watch their videos and be like, yeah, that was cool. But if I never go to the gym and do that workout, it doesn't help me. Same thing, like just wa- just reading an inspirational quote on Instagram and reposting it or reading a Bible verse back. Like, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, but you got like daily being intentional about how is how does this actually apply to my life? Yes, we all know we need to set boundaries. Cool. But if you're not getting out your calendar and sending some messages about setting boundaries, you just know a lot about boundaries and you're not doing anything to work on it. Or you know it's good to be a good person, but you're not taking any steps to actually show up for the people in your life. It's like, okay, like you just know a bunch of things, but you're not applying them. So I think those would be the two biggest ones is actually seeking out that information. Like it's 2022, you got information at the the touch of a finger, but then it's actually like figuring out how you're going to apply that to your life. For me, journaling is how I figure that out. Like if I come up with, um, if I read a journal prompt or a quote or a, a Bible verse or whatever it might be, I'm journaling that like, okay, cool. Like I love this. Like this is that, yes, I need to implement this. How, in what way, how am I going to do that today? Not tomorrow, not in a week. Like what's one small thing I can do today to actually start living it out. Cause again, it's like, and it comes to like when we're when we're learning something new, the highest level of us like retaining that information is when we can teach it to other people. Mm-hmm. I think kind of the same thing like in regards to like personal development, like the highest level for us to retain that is by maybe teaching it, but also like immediately going out and applying it as soon as we can. We got to be action takers. Yes. And that's hard. It's really hard to actually implement. Like you said, we live in a time where we have endless, endless information. And even bringing it back to like the health and wellness side of things, it's so easy to be like, yes, I'm going to get this workout in. Yes, I'm going to start eating healthier. I'm going to start eating out less. But it really comes down to taking the action. But it goes back to all of the things that we've just discussed when it comes to setting those boundaries. That's an action you have to take so you can take other actions or finding the consistency and having a motive to then get the motivation to do so because it is so easy to say you're going to take action on something, but unless you actually do it, like where is the integrity within that? Right. And you know what all that comes back to? 
your mindset. <laughs> literally, literally anything like me taking a sip of my water right now. Hashtag mindset. Wow, I love it. That was <laughs> profound. So profound. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And I think that having people that support you in in a way where they listen and only give feedback when feedback is asked for can be a really great way to continue to grow within your mindset because I think that my mindset has shifted a lot just even, again, coaching with you because I've now been able to pinpoint some things in my fitness journey or in my business that maybe I needed to change, but I also then had to take the actions to do so and had to be really intentional to get to this place of like having this good mindset shift. Because I think when I, or the way I live my life is I am kind of an all or nothing person. I live a very, like I always tell people I'm extremely passionate in everything I do. And you're either going to get like full throttle Tessa times 10, or it's going to be like super, like nothing's there. There's not a lot of like middle ground. And so I think that that (laughs) mindset plays into a lot of how I have to take action in, in my life. Tessa times 10. That's who I'm here for. Big T energy. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's it. It's the big T energy. Needs to be on a shirt. What's the song like? We can remix that song. Like, I can tell you got big T energy. <laughs> this is going to be the intro to this podcast is Ian singing this. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, well, Ian, I feel like this was like the quickest hour ever because I feel like we both can just talk and talk and talk. I trust me, you guys. I, <laughs> I send my clients pretty short check-ins. Ian does not know what a short check-in is. I have to put that, I put them all on one and a half speed. And it's like, it's so funny. I'm like, okay, I'm listening. I swear. This is the first, I feel like I've actually heard you talk in like normal speed. Cause whenever you said, (laughs) I just assumed I'm like, wow, she sounds like little mouse. Like, like, (laughs) which is so funny. Cause I think I'm a pretty fast talker. I actually try and talk slower for this podcast because when I really get amped up and that big T energy comes out, it's like (laughs) I start slurring my words because I talk so fast and then I just sound uneducated. (laughs) Well, Ian, as much as I would love to keep you on for two hours, I cannot imagine anybody wants to hear my voice for two full hours. So we will, we will cut it short here for all the people, but Thank you for giving us all of these mindset tips, kind of helping work through some of these barriers. And I just really appreciate you. But no, to everyone listening, remember to be bold, to be confident, and to be you. 